Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Well, good morning. I want to add my welcome to um, Pastor Michelle this morning, and what a great day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Although, it's a, a, I must say, it's a bittersweet moment for me today, as this is my last time preaching in this sanctuary. Well, I'm not going to say that because we're Methodists. We, we, we often full circle. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. In this time period, I just, you know, so that is a bittersweet moment. And I uh, want to say that I love you. And, uh, but I'm still here, so it's 22nd, come out, we're going to party. Well, we're not going to party. We're going to have, um, you know, lunch and say our farewells. Yeah, you know, some church folks don't want to use the word party, but we're going to party. Come on out. <laughs> yes. And a part of, a part of this, um, this today's is, is a really accumulation of, uh, not of anything I'm going to, you know, not going back on memory lane, but um, some of you know um, that I am in, uh, I just finished my first year of my doctoral program. Just kidding. But yes, and so in this program, many of you supported me, you prayed, you sent me cards and everything else, and so thank you for that. And my program I'm in is a womanist preaching program. Yes, yay. And some of you don't know what that is, but today you're going to get a real, real close look at what womanism is. Because I'm a part of our sermon series we're continuing on, um, is, um, is reconstructing our faith, essentially. And um, Pastor Michelle... You know, I have TikTok, but I don't really have TikTok, but I do have it, and I had to reactivate it to see what was going on, because I didn't need any other social media things out there, because, you know, you know, it takes your time. You know, on Sundays, I get a little alert from Apple, my iPhone, telling me how, how much time I spend on social media. So I deleted TikTok. But on TikTok, there is this, um, these videos that folks are, it's called things, hashtag ex-evangelical, that's what it is, yeah. And so if you click on it, you see folks on there just really, you know, going in about ways in which they are disgruntled with the faith, their um, ways in which they've been taught certain things, they're just not vibe with it anymore. And it's really, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching to, to see folks who have um, um, experienced the church and experienced scripture in ways that are not life-giving. Because this, this Bible here is the living word. It's, it provides new ways and to live and to flourish and, and hold us and all these, these good things that it provides for us. How it was intended to be, but some kind of way we twist things. And anyway, it's just ways in which we, and so we're trying to help you land well. It's okay to deconstruct our faith, but how do we land well? How do we flourish because that what, that's what Jesus desires for us, to have life abundantly in him. And so one of the ways in which we, um, there are many ways to, to read scripture, and we all, no matter if we know it or not, we, have, we, we enter into the text through what's called a social location. Say social location. Well, what is that? Well, you can kind of guess location. You you are placed in a, in a certain way when you enter the text. When you open the Bible and you start reading, you're not leaving your whole self. 
you're not leaving what you've been taught about scripture and you know, ways we need to let go. You, you bring all those things into it. We, don't, we bring in who we are, our gender, our ethnicity, our nationality, our education, our job. I mean, it goes on. We bring our whole selves into the text. And you may not know that, but you're bringing that. So when you start reading stuff, you bring your biases in there too. And you don't even know why. You see certain people in the Bible, even though their names are in the Bible. You know, we see women's name in the Bible, but sometimes we just skip right over them. Yeah, women in the Bible. And we're, we, weren't, we weren't silent either. Yeah. Just like now, we're not silent. And so what I'm going to help us to see is that my social location, my entry point as a womanist who is a black woman, my newsflash, I'm black, yeah, yes. And I, I bring my whole self in every place that I've gone to, thanks to my mother, she taught me well, yes, my mother's right here. Oh, you're here, mom. Yeah, and so... What today is going to help us do is see a lens of how we can deconstruct Scripture to, to be able to flourish, to help us to see and engage Scripture in new ways and be in the world. And so we have many ways in which we do that, and today we're going to see it in a different light. And shout out to the Dorcas folks, the women. Yes, this is some of the things they have made for the Yes, Yes. Raise your hand if you've been blessed by the Dorcas ministry, been part of it. Yes. All right, so we're talking about Dorcas today, but I'm going to refer to her as Tabitha because Tabitha is her name too in Hebrew. And um, so we're going to have the text today. It's coming from Acts chapter 9, verses, beginning in verse 36. And we're going to go to chapter verse 43. And what I want us to do is because we, we um, when there is a woman's name in the Bible, is a cause for Paul's. They're wrong. It's a cause for pause. Because if a woman's name actually made it in the Bible, she is a big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal. Say her name. So we're going to say her name. Her name is Tabitha. Tabitha. Say it again. Tabitha. Tabitha. So even though we have Tabitha's name in here in the scriptures from 36 to 43, you know what we do? We skip right over her. We, we focus on Peter, P, what Peter did. Peter raised Tabitha from, resuscitated her. He, he rose her up through the power of Jesus Christ. But today we're going to situate ourselves and, and look at Tabitha. And her Greek name is Dorcas. And I chose to refer to her as Tabitha because that's the name that Jesus Christ told her to get up by that name. So her name is Tabitha. And the scripture reads, now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha. Say it. Which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request. Please come to us without delay. And so Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. And Peter 
put them, put them all of them outside. And then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And then she opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. And then calling the saints and the, and the widows, he showed her to be alive. She's alive, y'all. This came known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I enter into this text as a woman, is, 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 it is, womanism was curated when a time when feminism was, women's rights were raging and feminists were trying to find a place in the world and the, the, the men were doing their thing and then the black men were doing their thing and then were the black women trying to figure out where we had a place. And so like any good black woman, we find ways to make ways out of no ways. <laughs> and what we began to do is says, my experience, my lived experience is just as valid as yours. The way you see scripture and the way I see scripture, because if we read the, if we're honest, most commentaries and the, the, the um, religion theologians were men, white men, my dad. And so with that is a, there's a loss of voices that are present in how we understand, understand scripture. Even the ways you understand embedded in you. That's from a way of hearing and reading scripture. So the lens is our social location we enter into it helps us to not change things, but to provide a lens that is missing, uncovering things, reconstructing things, redefining things that are life-giving. And woman, this is not, it's, it's, it centers black women's exp lived experiences, but you know, you know what? It's taking everybody with, with us. Anyone that is experiencing any type of oppression, we want everyone to be able to flourish. But we start first through the lens of black women. And so I am going to do that for Tabitha. Okay, I'm not saying Tabitha is black, but I'm saying I'm providing the lens to help us to help us deconstruct and to reconstruct a way to see and be in the world. And so what I have start will start with is Tabitha is. It's a queen mother. She's a queen mothering, the other mothering. And this is a, it's a framework to help to help understand is it, it moves beyond biological lines. So it's not saying that you have to birth someone. It is someone who cares, who nurtures, who teaches, provides wisdom, gives clothes off their back, Create a space where the folks don't have voices, have voices. To, to say that you are seen when the world says you're not seen, it is mothering. Other mothering. And that is a framework from, coming from an African understanding of community. Because when there's a time when during slavery and post-slavery, ways, how do we be in the world? And what do we do? We create communal dimensions. And communal dimensions help folks survive. Because all humans want to do what? Survive. And so this home that Tabitha is in, this text does not say that you own a home, but all the women that had a name in Acts had a house. So why not 
She had a house. I'm going to say she had a house. Okay. Where else was she doing her knitting and such? And who was there with her as she was knitting? And Tabitha is, um, some believe that she was a widow because it didn't say she had a husband, so she, we assume that she may have been a widow. But it says that she was devoted to good works and acts of char- charity. She is a woman of full of hospitality, willing to open her home to those who don't have a home. And the widows were here, we see here, they were the ones that said, sent off two disciples to go find Peter. In this home of hospitality is one folks can sit around the table to share stories. It is a place where encouragement happens because you're a widow in this time frame, you were on the margin somewhere. You didn't have no man protecting you, providing you food. You didn't have a son. You didn't have anybody. And so we had this community of, of, of widows, of, of, of bloodline and kinfolk, as we say. Folks that have some type of connection that's not, it goes beyond blood. Because we have the saying, blood is th- thicker than water. But these communal dimensions move beyond that. And we see that in the body of Christ, right? We are connected through Jesus Christ. It's not about blood. These are communal dimensions, and when our folks are doing the work of the Lord by loving, by extending hospitality, which is this Tabitha did, she was the mother of mothering, other mothering. And I can imagine that she's in her little space with her, the other little ladies that were helping her to sew, all the love and the care that went with knitting. I'm not a knitter, but I've seen it. It looks so peaceful. I mean, it, I mean, this takes a lot of patience and love and care. And I, and I believe she had to come in, baby, come here. Let me see your, your dimensions. And she made it for each person individually. And I believe there were stories that were happening in there that were happening. And I believe there was breaking the bread in this house. I say Tabitha is a church planner. It's a house church where the early disciples were there. And the text says she was a disciple. She was called to ministry of, of, of mothering. She was a call to ministry of hospitality, opening her home to widows and redefining what it meant to be a woman in this time frame that says that you matter. I matter. And we're going to survive together. We're going to, to we're going to bond together. We're going to continue to share because I can imagine their, their kids are part of this, this, this community as well. And as women lost their husbands and their sons, that the community continued to grow, I imagine. And the text says, uh, I think in chapter 6, where the, um, the, um, the Hellenists were upset with the Hebrews for not caring for the widows. And I believe this community was birthed out of that reality of the neglect of widows. We don't know for sure, but I mean, we can fill in the gaps there to be that way. And even though people are cared for, does that mean they're seen, right? We care for people all day long, but then we don't see them. But Tabitha, the queen mothering, the the other mothering, provided a space to all these women to say, hey, you have a place in my home. And so when she died, what did they do? Peter, look at what Tabitha made me. Look. The evidence of her hospitality, the evidence of her mothering was present in these women that were there who prepared her body for burial in the upper room. 
And so we have this idea of mothering, but it is a grain against the grain. It is moving against what it means for women to be in this, in this context, but also says something about this risen Christ. Because we are still in the East of Tower is, is, is a reality. How, does it, how do we make sense of a, a Christ who has been resurrected? What does it mean for us? And the pouring out of the Holy Spirit is there present in apostles. We only hear the apostle story. Does that mean that women are, were not doing this? Because I can imagine what Tabitha was doing. I believe she was in the laying of hands and putting on oil, caring, caring for the, these women. Because you know what? Womanism is about spiritual and physical healing. And that's what the risen Christ offered for Tabitha. Because physical healing and any healing of a sorts is a rebalancing of a social order. And that's what Christ did. He came in and turned everything upside down. And this way of mothering and, 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 and giving value and purpose and caring for the needs of the poor widows is a rebalancing. It's a rebalancing. And when there is a communal dimension that has hospitality, that is caring for people, that is extending the bread to folks, calling people on their back, there is the risen Christ. Because we see it here because Tabitha's ill and she's died and they prepared her body and they've called for Peter to go get Peter because they heard about Peter who was, killing, uh, was healing people just by people walking by in shadow. They said, let me get Peter over here. We need Peter. We need him. We need him. And so they get Peter to come into the house, and they're showing the evidence of who Queen Mother Tabitha was. He clears everyone out. And this is very familiar. We see Peter doing the same thing Jesus did because it is told in the continuity between Jesus' work he says, I'm pouring out my spirit so you can, the world can have evidence that I am risen through you, through the acts of the Holy Spirit. And Peter is endowed with his Holy Spirit as those who follow Jesus Christ. And Peter kneels down and begins to pray. And we don't know what Peter's saying, but I can only imagine. In the name of Jesus, I, he's saying it. He's saying it hard. I mean, he's going hard. He's like, I mean, he's going hard and... And I, those widows outside the door were praying too. Because that's what communal dimensions offer, prayer and community. Because they knew about Tabitha's Jesus. They knew that Jesus was a healer and they, they prayed. And so Peter prays his prayer. And he says, Tabitha, get up. I can imagine it's probably more dramatic than that, but he said, Tabitha, get up. And Tabitha was the embodiment of rebalancing what should have been. Rebalancing the world the way God intends it to be in this risen Christ. And so Tabitha does rise up because Tabitha had to rise. And we are Tabitha's too. Not by name, but by how we are in the world, by mothering, by other mothering by caring and nurturing and opening our homes and caring for people and giving, helping people to, to self-claim themselves that you are worthy because Christ sees you as worthy. Christ showed up in a woman, 
a home full of women to be present. Yes, there's a miracle here, but the miracle is also showing that these types of community is restorative. That Jesus Christ is restoring these communities and inviting us to be a part of this restorative work. The folks that come into our home that are looking for this moment, we, can, we have the power to say, get up. Because you know what? The mothering is here. The mothering is life-giving through Jesus Christ. And so we have this moment of um, Tabitha getting up, and I can imagine what, what do y'all think Tabitha did when she rose? Well, really, what do y'all think she did? I mean, some, I mean, if it was our time, she'd been like, hey, TikTok, <laughs> subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know, that's what my niece say. Yes, praise Jesus. And I can imagine her story changed a little bit as she was mothering those who came to her home. So yes, I have this heart of, you know, a compassion to care about y'all, but let me tell you about this man named Jesus. Let me tell you what he did for me and what he can do for you. And the story says that many believe because of what happened to her. But all I believe is also what God did through her. And this is a, an epitome of who we should be as a community that is celebrating the, in this Easter tide to tap in, to tap into this work, this much needed work for those in our community who are on the margins that need to be seen, to need to know that Christ is still yet saying, get up. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.